Okay. And we can pick back up on happiness. Okay, so happiness, aka number track number seven. As far as links to folklore songs, I noticed pretty immediately that happiness includes the framing of being above the trees in the context of, you know, when I heard it in happiness, I was like, when she's able to see the situation from a distance, you know, when she can see the forest for the trees, Mm -hmm. as opposed to the the idea that you can't see the forest or the trees, you can only see like being in the thick of all of it. Right. Uh, but when she's above it, she can see things for how they are. But then literally back to seven, which is of course the seventh track on the on folklore album. Yeah. She is positioning herself literally in a swing above the trees. So that callback is so interesting. And then in happiness, she says, that's what I get for seven years in heaven. What is that? Picture me in the trees on the swing. But when I'm above the trees, I see it for what it is. And it's interesting in happiness because she says, when I'm above the trees, I see it for what it is. But now I'm right down in it. She's like, I can see it for what it is, but I'm also still fully in this and feeling it. And I love this song for that because it accepts both of them as true. I'm very mad about this situation. I'm not seeing the forest for the trees, but I also can see the forest for the trees when I want to. It's, it's a very, very powerful how do you feel about seven? I mean, I'm so sorry. How do you feel about happiness? Where is it on your list? It's number eight on my list. I don't like this song. Interesting. It's number 15 on mine. I love this song. I This song to me is very much... I feel like this is a skip for you. It's a skip for me because it's... I, I, I'm going to be honest. I don't like this song because it brings up too many emotions in me. Yeah. And I, I, that's why I said, I feel like it's a skip because I feel that way about a few other ones. I skip them because it's just too much. It's too much. And like, that's why I can't like this song because it's just too much. It just really reminds me of those toxic homoerotic friendships that you have with people when you're younger, never getting actual closure, never having really been able to articulate how you feel and Mm -hmm like not a solid like that complexity of not allowing it to be a real breakup like there was no official ending like it all just sputtered and now you like don't know what to do and you're like okay there was happiness like I can't make you a villain because like I you taught me so much about myself and like it's so incredible our relationship was so incredible in so many ways. And also like, I hate you. I hate you. I hate you. I mm-hmm. wish this never happened. Like yes. that. I hate that. I'm not good with being at that place. And I don't need the song to remind me of all the relationships in my life that I'm still there with. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And it's another part of that like cycle of grief. That's just like, I'm so angry, but I'm also looking back and like, I'm so grateful for all of these memories and I'm, there was so much happiness in our relationship and now there isn't at the same time. And both of these things can be and are true and that hurts and there's nothing to do with that. It's a, it's a very sad realization. And that's why this is like such a song so close to me because I, I live my life in the past like three years. I live my life based on 
the philosophy of multiple things can be true at once. Like that is one of like my philosophies of all time. And I came to that conclusion after going through a breakup when I was like, I miss this person. I want this person back. They also treated me like shit and I'm never going back. Yes. And having to accept all of that at once and being like, well, neither one is true and both of them are true. Yeah. I I really love that you can hear this song now and be like, I love this song. Like it resonates with me and like, it feels good to hear it because I hear this and I'm just so like, I can't do this right now. Yeah. It's hard to, that's a hard feeling to face. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I'm, there's other songs that make me feel emotional, like, Mm. and like so-called negative emotions. Like I definitely am not someone that thinks any emotions are negative. Like I'm always, yeah. yeah. But I mean, there are definitely songs that put me in like a nostalgic kind of heartbroken headspace, even about some of the same scenarios that this song mm-hmm. provokes in me. And yet I am so much more comfortable in those songs. Like it's just something about this song that's very sharp and jagged. To mm-hmm. me. It's a and really hard acceptance yeah and I think that a lot of it has to do with the great Gatsby references and how Mm -hmm. this song is like a great Gatsby song um Mm -hmm. we have the green light of forgiveness and we have I hope she'll be a beautiful fool who takes my place next to you and going to seven like seven is in general folklore is such a sweeter album Mm -hmm. like as far as talking to the audience like and how like who you is in folklore is with a much more gentle way in seven literally being like starting with picture me in the trees Mm -hmm. it's like okay picture where I'm coming from right now picture me being in the middle of all of this Mm -hmm. and when I'm in the middle of the trees like when I'm in the middle of the absolute thick of my grief and pain I am just a seven-year-old girl who's screaming, screaming for attention. Like, that's actually where I'm at. And that's so, I'm really able to be in that. And you know how I was saying that, like, happiness to me is about those toxic homoerotic Mm -hmm. friendships, like, between girls, between young girls. So seven. So seven. And, like, that's the thing. Like, when I hear seven, I'm like, I don't regret anything just because like I can't even picture your face anymore I can't recall your name like I don't regret it and the feelings it was, are still there the st- feelings are still there there was happiness because of you and that's enough and then mm-hmm. something about hearing happiness she's so in her head it's such an airy song like mm-hmm. literally being flying in the sky like it's just so airy and like even though I'm a fire sun being a Sagittarius sun I'm not comfortable in head understandings of emotion Mm -hmm. I'm much more comfortable with the like raw being in the middle of it I'm cool with burning the fire it's like putting it out and processing it afterwards that I yeah and Great Gatsby is just a very uh airy blue book Hmm. it's very like cold to me the great Gatsby yeah. like it's a very mask and just has kind of like a very cynical energy so the fact that she's detached very detached mm-hmm. it's like I don't want her to be detached in this like so it's just not the song for me I like how she says another connection to renegade she says when did all our lessons start to look like weapons pointing at my deepest hurt mm-hmm. compared to you fire off missiles because you hate yourself but do you know you're demolishing me 
So like, you know what all of my deepest wounds are and you know how to poke at them and you know how to fight back with them and use them against me. Even though like these were lessons that I was trying to learn and now <laughs> and now I can't learn them because you're just bringing them all back up. So like thinking of it in the context of her staying closeted, it's just like people using that as a weapon or like a threat or like a blackmail type of situation. I could really see that. I just, I really... I appreciate the liminal space that this song brings to the album. Mm. There's no uh. action. There's no action in it. She's just she's just sitting still reflecting. She's not lost in a daydream like Gold Rush. She's not coming up with narratives like nobody, no crime. She's not, you know, harboring resentment and tolerate it. She's literally just processing. She's just sitting still. There's stillness and like emptiness such an incredible point Madison I really love that reading of it and it just makes it more clear to me why I don't like the song you're like I can't do I can't do that I can't do it like that's why I'm a fiction girl like Mm. I I don't like the airiness you're like no no I want to stay in the trees I'm in the trees you know I think that fire is frequently thought of like earth will like conquer fire you know because like you put dirt on a fire to like keep it out Mm -hmm. obviously water conquers fire like in the traditional sense but like but for me my like virgo moon is crucial to my my fire sun Mm. because like it's like a campfire yes yeah and whereas other people feel very like and like their fire needs air and Mm. like it's like the airiness and like thinking and like intellectual like fueling fueling the fire with fueling the fire with oxygen for me it's like actually it's all about those embers burning Mm. and the wood logs burning away and like keeping that fuel like that's where I like to live and this song is just too in the clouds too too fueling the fire for me I'm like I need to spread this out I need Mm. to calm down I need to get more grounded yeah it's it's really a different song maybe that's why I like it because it it goes against everything that my cancer moon kind of makes me want to do which is just like live in my emotions and Mm -hmm. have everything colored and filtered by those emotions like a tint of glasses putting on and in this she just takes it off she takes off her little cancer moon like emotional ass tint of everything and she's just like this is actually what it is aside from everything I'm feeling well isn't that I mean no wonder that your cancer moon is responding to this because like she's just (laughs) fighting with her cancer moon that's like Mm -hmm. what this song is like she's really fighting with herself she's like no I have to intellectualize this in some way I have to learn something from this because I'm a sad son I have to learn something and take something away from this I can't just stay stuck in this feeling like exactly yeah huge major emotional maturity shown in this song that we don't see from Taylor often that's very true it's a very grown-up song I would sooner believe that this song was from the perspective of Betty 30 years later than I would believe Cardigan is from yeah. Betty 30 years later yeah yeah because yeah. this sounds Cardigan. like an older woman yes I love that it's called happiness and it's just simply not about that yeah. It's about everything like but happiness. 
I have to say, I'm really loving this song through your interpretation. Like, I'm just so happy that this song has a place in, like, you know, like, there's someone that really can get, like, deep meaning from it the way that you get it. And, like, you feel, like, peaceful after listening to this song. Like, I'm just, that makes me very happy. And, like, even though I'm not there even a little. I feel more peace from this song than peace Mm. from folklore. Wow. And it's the same with peace. The song's called Peace and it's not even about peace. It's about how she can never give it to. <laughs> yeah, and Speak Now is about how she doesn't speak, so. Yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, that's all I have for seven. And we move into Dorothea, track eight, Mirroring August in Folklore. One of the most intriguing little pairings that I noticed in lining everything up. Wow. Okay. So August is the eighth month, which is why I love that August is track eight. Yes. In general, folklore has amazing number parallels, like the one being one, seven being seven, and August being eighth month. I forgot to mention something in happiness. Um, She says the price I pay for seven years in heaven, a game that's played in a closet. Mm, Chef's kiss, one of my absolute favorite connections. I mean, I thought it, it's just almost so obvious that I almost forgot to say it. But anyways, back to Dorothy. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. No, I'm glad you brought it up, though. Key, just key. Like, I think that we were even comparing it to August, right? As like that, that Dorothea might think of the girl from her hometown as August. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I love that. Like, I really love the idea that they might be the same like taylor has said that they're all from the same town right yeah james betty augustine inez Mm -hmm. dorothea and narrator where's dorothea on your your ranking dorothea is number seven where is it on yours dorothea's number nine on mine i think it would be moved up a little bit in the present moment um yeah but yeah it's number nine under happiness actually oh yeah okay dorothea is seventh so that is I mean seven to me is like really we're still in like my favorite songs on the yeah. album I feel so, like the top 10 are all like neck and neck exactly like, for me, like, that's yeah. right yeah and I I don't know I just it's a very cute song Taylor sounds a little mask in it which I like you know I, I feel like the veilers are really getting to me um yeah people that think that like that like recognize that taylor might be non-binary um mm. and i feel like this is a very veiler song for sure totally i just love her like kind of like soft bruce like, spring deeper register deeper register and like are you still the same soul who met under the bleachers like that is very bruce springsteen Mm -hmm. like just very like i'm not gonna go out and say that we did anything sexual because like you know i'm kind of a shy boy right i'm polite i'm I'm not gonna yeah i'm a a gentleman i'm not gonna go out and say all the things we did under the bleachers but you know the things we did under the bleachers like thank you so much for bringing out your jersey accent for bruce (laughs) (laughs) uh yeah so I just like I like that and you know I really am a my head canon for Taylor's that she's a femme for femme Mm. uh but 
God, the amount of non-binary femmes that use they, them pronouns or they, she, or she, they, like mm-hmm. so many, like mm-hmm. Taylor can definitely be Thaler and a femme for femme, especially because it's like bleachers is so like cheerleaders yeah and like miss americana with the cheerleaders like uh-huh. her high school songs are very much like femi you know yeah so, yeah yeah i like this song a lot i think it's just a really cute love song i i the only reason i wouldn't say that this is the gayest on evermore is mm. because it is quite platonic to me like more exactly. than i think a lot of people would think it is yeah like it kind of like when people say it's about selena gomez i hate that interpretation but simultaneously i could also see that i could also see it just being like we're friends and it's very platonic maybe when we were younger we kissed under the bleachers one time because we were both gay but like now we're just both gay and living our own separate lives and like i hope she's doing well i don't know how much i want to believe or subscribe to it being about selena gomez but i could see it because of just how like platonic and kind of sweet it is of course it would be really criminal for us not to mention that um a friend of dorothy is a gay like queer code euphemism yeah yeah i read online if someone was a friend of dorothy it's or if someone asks if someone is a friend of dorothy it's used to discuss sexual orientation while avoiding hostility yeah and what i found in this little google search because i just wanted a word for word definition from google yeah on the friend of dorothy wikipedia page because it has its own wikipedia page for the phrase um it says it's similar to the phrase friend of mrs king which is mostly used in england and it would be mr queen for a gay man but it's mrs king for a gay woman so if you're a friend of mrs king you're a gay woman okay i mean that really checks out because the friends of mrs king are gay women (laughs) exactly exactly and taylor's been being called king quite a lot recently not to mention that i think i think one of the people that called her king at the party is an english musician like from england too yeah so they didn't know that I don't know I thought it was silly though I was like okay she's just hitting every queer code mark like she's checking them all okay here's my little fantasy and it's an actual fantasy um (laughs) so I think that Taylor did not this is not like what I actually think this is just a little thing so what if Taylor did not write Dorothea with the intention of even being a reference to a friend of Dorothy. Okay. And then she saw all the Gaylers because, you know, she loves us and she follows us and we're her favorite. Yeah. Uh, so she saw everyone being like, friend of Dorothy. And she's like, friend of Dorothy. That's so funny. Is that like a reference to Judy Garland? Like, she just was like, oh, I, I, haha, I've never heard that, but I think I can gather what it would be. So then she Googles it and she comes across that definition. Uh-huh. and on wikipedia and she's like mrs king that's so funny i'm king so then she like told all of her friends like yes friend of mrs king is like a gay euphemism so you all should call me king that's my little what if it happened like that totally totally yeah. and that's how that's what i visualized too is her being like going on the wikipedia page and she's like i wonder when people search it up because 
everyone's talking about it because of my song like let's see what hap- <laughs> what the wikipedia page says and then she sees that and she's like oh a new thing for me to use like i can't i really can't it's so yeah. th- like th- this i have a feeling that taylor put evermore out so that because like everyone was speculating with folklore of like oh taylor swift is writing about women kind of weird she might be gay and then i i think she put this out and was like if i call a song dorothea it's so obvious that if you don't get it you're just stupid at this point like i think that she genuinely was like if people don't want to accept that i am a friend of dorothy's that's their problem like she was like the girls who get it get it the girls who don't don't exactly i completely agree and i also just find it so interesting that you know folklore had betty on it Mm -hmm. but in betty she had to quantify that she or like qualify that she was named james right for no like for no reason you know you know my whole theory that like she put that in there like literally to tell us these are all girls by the way right because like i'm using the names of all three of their daughters yeah but like she also put james in there to explain to like heads and like Hitler's in the general public that it's from James's point of view not Taylor's but James because Betty went to country radio she had to yeah exactly so like an easter egg and like still gay but you know she still had to qualify it Mm -hmm. but like that was her baby step and now her yes other like the next album the next step was doing a song that is clearly from the perspective of you know taylor herself like not not mm-hmm. like literally but taylor's singing it and she does yeah. not give herself another name in it mm-hmm. but because of that she doesn't make any overt sexual references yeah it's so very it's like she can't platonic. make a reference to kissing again because she's not using a man's name right but she did decide to make it a pair with a song that mentions Tis the damn sleeping season. in bed and like a more sexual call me babe song. for the weekend yeah yeah so it's like pairing with a sexual song but doesn't actually name anything sexual in the song so it's like another step forward for her and i wrote that down too because what else are people doing under the bleachers oh yeah if not yeah. like the whole thing is oh people kiss under the bleachers and it's like of course that's not inherently sexual especially if you're in high school and it's like a cute little innocent thing but like yeah it implies something went down under the bleachers yeah clearly like like just kissing on the cheek holding hands like spending secret away time like i like the it can be like as platonic as you want but it's like intimacy yeah and then paired with tis the damn season it's like hello we're yeah. giving you all the clues mr policeman yeah yeah and here's something fun i realized while writing my notes katie i feel like you're gonna like this so i broke it down i broke down the connections of everyone the love triangle and Dorothea. okay so we know that dorothea skipped the prom right with i would say august they skipped prom together because betty was dancing with another boy at prom as we hear James sing, I saw so you know, dance with him. We know Betty and James. So we know Betty and James were at prom. Yeah. Augustine wasn't at prom. No. There's no, no mention of Augustine being there. 
Oh my God, August and Dorothea. August and Dorothea skipped prom together. Yeah. And their tracks parallel each other. And then Tis the Damn Season is August singing, or no, it's Dorothea singing Dorothea singing to August yeah that was it just August and Dorothea skipped the prom together isn't that so cute that is so cute that is so meanwhile James and Betty are like in their little drama at the prom and like Betty's dancing with another boy like so that's so funny because it's like does August like James more than Dorothea oh interesting because I kind of get the sense that it's a few years later right like Dorothea yeah they're like older they're older. So what I think, this is my little now love square, whatever. Yeah. So Dorothea and August were like the closer friends of the two. Like they were close friends. That's why they skipped prom together. And August only spent one summer with James. Exactly. So I think that James, you know, because I really believe that James and Betty were just best friends like they didn't really know that they had feelings for each other until like Betty was like oh my god she stopped hanging out with me to hang out with August like like we all know that August is gay like August Mm -hmm. is very is like the one openly like totally in this yeah yeah Yeah. and like kind of like slutty you know because like James was like oh I think that she would like yeah like and the one encouraging Dorothea to skip the prom to piss off her mom yeah like she's like a bad like August is a bad girl I know she's not but she is she is yeah and and James like you know like I feel like August really fell for James Mm-hmm. even though I think the whole time she was like I know James is just with me because like she's str- frustrated about about Betty. Betty dancing with another boy yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, even though I don't know why she really likes Betty because Betty has like stupid church conservative friends. right right <laughs> yeah 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 and then so anyhow like Betty and James get back together in the fall and yeah. August like goes to school and is like living her own life and meanwhile her and Dorothea like every winter like every break they're back at home and they just Mm -hmm. like keep living this like love together while august is seeing dorothea like slip into living as a straight girl yeah like dorothea has to live as a straight girl because she wants to become famous and and august is like are you still that same soul are you still gay like we were when we were little under the bleachers like we we skipped school and hung out under the bleachers like when we skipped prom and like even though your mom was like obsessed with you being a pageant girl yeah yeah so it's like a lot of heartache and august is like at the center of it and august doesn't even really end up with anyone betty and James end up together Dorothea ends up prioritizing her career and then August is just in the hometown watching it all happen yeah oh I love that August is like a little homebody right I, I feel this like connection is so heavenly right now to think about this whole right? narrative I never really liked subscribing to the narrative I do of now this love triangle but now I do now that we've talked about it and we've like established yeah. this whole thing since the folklore love triangle episode like truly I see it so differently and it is so much more fun to think of these characters as their own like extensions you know thinking of August being at the center of this and like Taylor seeing her because you know I've always ever since Taylor said August isn't a bad girl I'm yeah. like okay we all know that Taylor really is identifying with August yeah. 
<laughs> and that's why I that's why I mentioned and August doesn't end up with anyone. Exactly. August is intertwined with all of this, but then ends up alone. Like yeah, exactly. And like I feel like she really pictures herself as like those rumors that she's going to do a Nashville residency. Like mm-hmm. I feel like she really wants to be in Nashville, not yeah. touring anymore, but like still performing every night. And like I feel like she wants to be the like stable like I'm right where you left me like she wants to just be there and people can come into her life if they want like she'll be here but she like is not the wild girl anymore she doesn't want to be Dorothea no no she does not want to be Dorothea no I very much subscribe with Taylor being August T-A-Y-L-O-R same amount of letters August and Taylor there we have it the number eight is associated with leos oh yes august leos of course Mm. oh leos oh leos king of the jungle (laughs) ah yeah it's true king of the jungle king of my heart track number nine and what is track number nine pony island Coney Island, where is this on your ranking? Coney Island is number 14 on my ranking under Nobody, No Crime. Coney Island is number 17 on mine (laughs) under every other song. (laughs) And here's my thing with Coney Island. I want to make it very clear. This one was my, in my top three on first listen, it was Coney Island, Tis the Damn Season, and tolerate it like Coney Island wow. was my baby when I first listened I even wow. texted my friends and I said Coney Island is my song don't touch it like I was like I want everyone to know I own Coney Island that's very Lana Del Rey of you you know Lizzie once bought a nail polish that was called Coney Island just because of Lana Del Rey that's valid is it I think I know which color that is I had a weird nail polish phase where I was like we all did honey we all yeah yeah did. I was like I'm gonna do nail art I don't know yeah yeah, Coney Island's very Lana Del Rey. Anyhow. It, and interesting enough, this song reminds me of um, Tomorrow Never Came. Mm. I waited for you at that spot we used to wait in the city on the park bench. Yeah. In the summer in the pouring rain. I mean. Again, yeah. I don't want these two anywhere near each other. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> but I do find so many weird connections in their songs. Like Lana has a song called 13 Beaches too. Like, I don't know. I don't know what their relationship is as like peers right in the same Jack, industry working Jack with Jack is their dad yeah yeah so it it always has piqued my curiosity because I don't think they've ever interacted like publicly no I don't think so either I mean that's why I don't want them anywhere near each other I'm glad they haven't because I don't need me that too. <laughs> me too. but I'm yeah it's interesting yeah very complicated relationship with Lana Del Rey so me too anyway yeah god knows we listen to her music yeah how could I not are you kidding no Ugh. mariner's apartment complex is one of the best songs of all time okay so i wrote <laughs> the first note i wrote under this is taylor apologizes in parentheses rare mm, that's true it's like back to december and coney island <laughs> that's literally it that's yeah, it exactly those are the only times she swallows her pride and she says i'm sorry oh that's not too after afterglow oh yeah yeah but then she's Wait, like does she actually say sorry in that song no or no she just and like, afterglow she's like gaslight gatekeep girl boss she's no! like it's me it's my fault sorry that i hurt you but she doesn't coming, right? <laughs> oh yeah she does say sorry that i hurt you but it is very like I didn't do anything. I didn't mean to. I didn't mean to. It 
wasn't my intention. I hate when people say that. Yeah. Afterglow was clearly written from a place of like, I still want to be with you. Like, love me, love me, love me. Like, I can't really apologize. Whereas I feel like the only apology songs back to December and this one, it's she has such a detachment from them. Like Mm -hmm. she truly doesn't need anything from them. You know, Champagne Problems is kind of an apology song too. And it has that similar level of detachment. Like, I'm sorry I had to do this to you, but I did what I needed to do. And it's like a resolution of like, you'll find someone that can do what you need, but it's not me. That's actually more back to December than I guess, because I don't know, back to December. December is very much like, I wish it could have been, but it's just not going to be. If I could go back in time and change it, I would. But I can't. And if the chain is on your door, I understand. She's like inviting, like, if you want to forgive me, we could try again. But if you don't, also, I get it. (laughs) Whereas But Coney Island, it's like, we're done. Yeah. And I feel like shit. And I'm never getting this person back. Yeah. Whereas Afterglow is like, just forget about it. Forget it. I didn't do anything. I'm sorry. If if Afterglow, Champagne Problems, and Coney Island were a sequence of events, it would go Afterglow, then Champagne Problems, and then Coney Island. Do you think Coney Island could be from the perspective of the person leaving champagne problem of uh, the person singing champagne problems yeah i do yeah sorry for not making you my centerfold this song kind of sometimes feels like it's her singing to herself yeah or a version of herself that she's grieving how in miss americana she says like i do think there's a better version of me out there and when she says like what's a lifetime of achievement like i think she had bon Iver because i know she wrote all these parts but like mm. i think she had or is it the national yeah the national the national i think she had him sing the other part to differentiate the two different kind of perspectives but I still feel like they're both from her I really really agree and it's especially the way that the lyrics don't have different voices whereas exile I think is truly from the perspective of two different people because they're written in different voices Coney Island's not written in different voices it's definitely like one tale being told by two people Like, it's not a conversation and they're not telling different stories. They're not talking to each other. It's like a story with two narrators saying the same script. Like, does that make sense? Yes. Like, he's singing, he's singing, but it's it's still her her internal. Yeah, like, it's her internal battle of, like, at the beginning, it's her, you know, like, break my soul into... Which is why it makes me feel like it's about her because she's like, break my soul in two. Here are the I'm two looking, pieces. I'm looking for you, my the other part of my soul, but you're right here. And then it cuts to him asking, what's a lifetime of achievement if I push you to the edge and you were too polite to leave? And it's like, it's like the other part of her being like, this is the other part of my soul asking me, hey, like her inner dialogue, what's a lifetime of achievement if you can't come out and be yourself? Like her battling herself, which is why the apology feels so genuine in this one I feel like because if she is singing to herself about herself from two different perspectives of her own then it's like no wonder the apology is so genuine and so out there and repeated so many times like I'm sorry that I couldn't give you what you wanted at my younger self at my current self at my future self you know and the break my soul in two line reminds me of all too well 10 minute version again the twin Mm -hmm. flame bruise and Brooklyn broke my skin and bones. Coney Island's in Brooklyn. It's the only other connection she has. Holy shit. Thank you so much. Thank you. Oh my God. Because the 10 minute version 
just came out but like because i was so in like red you era connect like, it to evermore no yeah. exactly but you're so right and that line confused me and all too well i was like what girl ever been to brooklyn when has she ever talked about brooklyn other than the pap walk with jake but like coney island's in brooklyn when your brooklyn broke my skin and bones oh god jesus i really have to listen to this you know what the problem is madison i fucking hate this guy's voice on this song <laughs> i love the national buzz blood ohio is a, a one of my favorite songs i love it in general i yeah. love the national yeah like i like his voice a lot in those contexts but there's something about did you paint my bluest skies, bluest skies. the darkest gray coming out of that throat those- <laughs> mouth like i don't need to hear it also we were so loopy when we began this episode and it's like six hours later i know (laughs) okay anyhow um yeah i i don't know what made me like turn on this song all of a sudden like i said i loved it i don't have any further explanation for why i don't anymore i think i just kind of got annoyed by it and i got actually i know what annoyed me um hetler's kind of claiming the bridge and like making it so like easter eggy which like maybe it is right like every single line is a reference to a different boyfriend that's like one of the most popular taylor tiktoks like period is someone being like this is all did you know that in the bridge of coney island she talks about fearless and then and it's the order of the re-recordings and she's referencing all of her old boyfriend and it's just like it literally ruined the song for me like i know i don't know exactly that bothered me me too it's i'm so glad we just came out and said that's what ruined it thanks a lot hetlers that's it that's what I'm going to say about Coney Island. I think it's um, very sad. And it made me think about actually like, <laughs> this is so getting like so deep after that conversation, but it reminded me of my best friend that died. Like it, it's mm. a grieving song to me. I'm wondering where, how, where did all of our like happiness and memories go? Like it's just gone now. Snap blink of an eye. You know what I mean? Like now I'm sitting here alone and I'm looking around and there's everything's all the rides are down this amusement park where so much fun happened is just like closed so I think in that sense I think that's why I loved it on first listen but yeah Hitler's did ruin it for me so thanks guys wow I hope you feel real proud of yourself guys yeah yeah you ruined my grieving process no I'm just kidding (laughs) I'm, I'm fully kidding I'm fully kidding but this is another oh. song that adds to like this album being so grief driven like so every I had no idea at the beginning of this that every song we go through we're gonna be like oh that's also about grief oh that's, that's also, also a stage about of grief, grief. yeah like, and have it be so cut and dry because it's obviously the album is a grieving album but it's like yeah. but also every song you're ricocheting through the seven stages of grief yeah and this one is like acceptance i guess i guess like Like it's acceptance with full knowledge that you're gonna go home go to sleep and wake up tomorrow not accepting it yeah because then you move into a song a song called ivy (laughs) (laughs) no i no 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 no. ivy can't be next is ivy not next I think it it goes Ivy then Cowboy like me. me. Oh my God, so embarrassing. But still, they are are one after the other though. Yes, yes, thank you. Wait, so Ivy is right after Coney Coney Island. Island. Okay, that's really crazy because, yeah. What a switch. What a switch. So this acceptance of grief 
And then going into this whole story, this whole narrative, like this song has a beginning, middle and end. This Coney Island like ends chapter two of the album Mm -hmm. because we're on a whole new chapter when Ivy begins. Yes. And I like pretty much love the album from here on out. Yeah. Like I can pretty much start it after Coney Island and I'm very happy. No skip. Exactly. And I, it's so, like, God, Ivy is literally spring breaking forth. Yeah. Like, it's literally bursting from snow, like, the dreary gray of Coney Island. And Coney then Island is Ivy closed during the winter. To- yeah, it is. So her being at Coney Island when it's empty and when it's closed, and then moving into spring breaking rooms in Ivy. Exactly. Yeah. Oh my God. Why are we, this is the best. We really crack things. Um, I was not expecting to have so many epiphanies doing this episode. I thought it was just going to be us talking like about things we've already yeah. talked about, but we really are coming to a lot of different conclusions that I had never thought about previously. Me too. This is incredible. Even though this is a f- going on like hour 17 of this episode. Yeah. It's yeah. like uh, amazing. Like I love, I'm so It's worth every second. Yeah. Every yeah. second. Okay. Yeah. We're finally at the part in the album that I love. Yes. Like I'm fine. I'm like, fi- I just, I hated the dredge of like, ha- you know, happy, all my lowest rated I songs. I know. I know. I know. It's hard to get through that. Um, Where's Ivy on your ranking? As if I don't already know. <laughs> Ivy happens to be number one on my ranking. Where is it on your ranking? Ivy's number one on my <laughs> ranking. Yeah, Ivy's number one. So the again, one thing I- me and Katie agreed on is like is Ivy. And uh, other than that, our rankings are like completely flip reversed. Like, <laughs> like I feel like yeah. we generally like and dislike the same songs. Yeah, but like. A few because like I was so relieved when Coney Island was so far down yours. Yeah. And also I feel like another one was it? Champagne Problems. Was oh, like Champagne Problems. Yeah. I feel like obviously with happiness and stuff, there's a switch. But anyhow, Ivy, I love the fact that both you and I say that Gold Rush is the gayest song. Even though but, we know Ivy. But Ivy is our favorite song. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not like we're Ivy haters. No. Quite the opposite. No, quite the opposite. Yeah. I just think Ivy is such a complex song yeah. that it can be read in so many different ways. And I yeah. am open to so many different readings of it. Whereas Gold Rush is so concretely a daydream about being with a woman. Like- <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And like the conflicted feelings that come with that. Ivy, as we know, is recently played on Dickinson. Throw that mm-hmm. out there. Um, everyone's adopted it as like an Emily Dickinson, Sue Gilbert anthem about their whole romance. Yeah. And I wholeheartedly agree. It parallels illicit affairs on folklore. Yeah, it does. It does. And anyone could see that. Like, it's so validating to find out mm-hmm. that it actually parodies it. Parodies, yep. uh, no, um, Par- parallels. <laughs> Ivy being an elicitor affairs parody. Parody. I mean, Weird Al style. <laughs> yeah. So, like, the fact that it parallels it in track number is so fucking validating. Gay. Gay infidelity. Gay infidelity. Gay infidelity. Gay infidelity. Gay infidelity. <laughs> <laughs> on, my, on my spreadsheet that I made, <laughs> the parallels that I put between elicitor affairs and Ivy just says 
gay infidelity because oh, I was like it. that's all I could think about that's all it is I also looked up the symbolism of ivy just since I looked up symbolism of willow and willow, I had looked I'm it up so a- glad yeah I had looked it up a while back when I did like an ivy queer analysis tiktok but it represents fidelity and eternal life um, because the plant is an evergreen plant which means that it dies and comes back to life and dies and comes back to life. Interestingly enough, ivy destroys buildings and people don't like it to grow on their buildings because it can get out of control and ruin the building. Exactly. So the house of stone that Taylor or the one perspective compares themselves to versus the other person's ivy kind of destroying this person. Yes. And coming back and then leaving and then coming back. It's yes. just oh, it's so juicy and perfect. I honestly didn't even write down a lot of notes for Ivy because no, I just, because it's like you just want I just dab about it. Like yeah, exactly. It's so good. Like so, the thing about Ivy is that that was like the first song Lizzie fell in love with off of Evermore. She was just playing it over and over and over again. Yeah, and she had never like like she didn't care about taylor swift until she heard the song Mm. and then we started to get into gayler stuff because of like all of this and fast forward a year later and ivy is on dickinson and like considered the gayest song by almost almost unanimously on evermore like i'm literally i just think of lizzie as like a little prophet like she really saw this song as like this is gay like this is enough to hold on to like we Mm -hmm. need to investigate because that's how strong this song is i'm so grateful for that yeah i bought her the ivy shirt that they had in the merch store a while ago like way before we were gaylers even i bought her that shirt i remember she wore it on april 30th 2021 because she was trying to manifest like that taylor would drop an album or something and instead that night she said that she listens to girl in red so very magical that lizzie has worn that ivy shirt and ivy has like pulled us and it's just been amazing ivy is certified owned by lizzie i really feel that way lizzie's so gay i'm like so obsessed with her i just feel like she really is keyed into things in such an intuitive way like Mm -hmm. especially about gayness like that's why I love that you said that like the way you put it is just she's just so gay and I knew exactly what you meant like she just intuitively she intuitively is gay to her core to the point that this song stuck out to her so much immediately and she felt it so much immediately yeah and I just love that about her like I was really like adamant that she was like a straight girl Taylor was a straight girl because of you need to calm down Lizzie heard this song and was like no bitch no 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 way is the person that wrote and sing the song a straight girl is Joe's hand freezing yeah is joe's hand frozen in the shape of a claw that's what gave it up for me she said at first i was like this could be straight this could be straight going through this this could be straight and then she said my pain fits in the palm of your freezing hand and i went ding 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 yeah so i mean this is the song that started it all basically that's so interesting it started the the fire the goddamn blaze in the dark yes it certainly did Yeah. yeah yeah and she started it 
she started it and so now like the best friends and to lovers narrative is like yeah our bread and butter in this house your guys what is, every yeah. brick <laughs> of this house is made out of and <laughs> like ivy is that song like oh my god like i'm a stone house and your ivy is going to destroy me yeah You're, now i'm covered in you does that mean mm-hmm. i'm going to die yes am i okay with that oh yes it's the only way for me to get rid of this ivy to just set the whole thing on fire yeah it is yeah so let's burn together you started it burn it down (laughs) what a good juicy song what a it's just a beautiful song like you can't hear the little guitar and her little her little voice her little singing in the song like yeah mm. it's spring breaking forth it's like the a happy beautiful beginning of the final mm-hmm. parts of the album there was something else that i wanted to say and now i can't remember what it was well was it all the college imagery and like an <gasps> ivy league because that's what i think of too like oh, i never thought of that yeah because like i always think of champagne problems at being at like harvard um right. at, and like seeing the ivy everywhere it does it reminds me of Elle woods um, yeah them yeah. having like sh- her thinking she was gonna get proposed to and then him breaking up like with oh her oh my god yeah. i love that yeah that's amazing i will but accept yeah. that those songs are legally blonde it can be straight thing. if it's Elle woods yeah <laughs> exactly <laughs> one of our most amazing little compet girls yes um, we love her yeah because like ivy is like a college in that way you know and like spring breaking loose the time is near like it's almost finals we're almost out of leave school yes interesting interesting um oh i remember what i was gonna say so tell me to run a a callback in some way to run the vault track from red yeah so tell me to run and we can run like we run from the wow run from it all Oh my gosh, I love that. Wow, the same line. Tell me to run and I will run with you. Let's run away. I mean, I run like that song, the vault track song. God, like running from the law, sweetie, that's gay. Like the police aren't coming after you for being straight. (laughs) Like literally gay sex. seven husbands. Right. (laughs) When, when, I don't know if it's Celia or Evelyn oh it's Evelyn and she's like the FBI is gonna come after us and she's like she's like the the police are gonna come after us the authorities and Celia's like no one cares that part really reminded aside different episode on Patreon but (laughs) (laughs) a little hint yeah yeah a little uh, scoop a spoily yeah (laughs) Uh, sneak peek (laughs) a sneaky peek a sneaky yeah. link if you will a sneaky link to our patreon episode Ooh, a sneaky link <laughs> i'm just losing it at this point what a yeah, brave thing for us to go through every <laughs> yeah just now i lost it not way an hour or two hours ago yeah. um what a brave thing for us to just tackle the entire album in one episode song by song huh what We're really were going we for thinking? it yeah <laughs> around now is i'm thinking that because we are only at number 11 <laughs> cowboy like me okay so ivy ends now i'm covered in you and cowboy like me begins and the tennis courts were covered up with some tent like things so the fact that it begins with the word and it's a continuation it's a continuation and uh yeah 
they both use the word cover. So that's very fascinating to me. What are you covering? Uh, what are Taylor? you covering? Aside from the tennis court and the house of stone with ivy, what are you covering? Exactly. Cowboy like me parallels invisible string. Also something I didn't realize until recently. So invisible string madison did an amazing interpretation investigation what would you say yeah interpretation analysis analysis thank you um (laughs) madison did an amazing analysis of the invisible string uh interpreting it as a metaphor for the invisible contract or a like a potential beard bearding contract it's really really good go see it on groupon mom on tiktok um And um, in addition to that, yeah, invisible string, like the idea that cowboy like me, Madison has also done a analysis of cowboy like me. And I think it might even be a- Your first one? It was my first queer analysis. Was it it a two parts? Oh, the way that Groupon Mon came on the scene. It really was the first time that I was like, no, no, no. You people need to hear my wrath. I was like, you all have it wrong. (laughs) So uh, anyhow, like how Cowboy Like Me is also about bearding Mm -hmm. and like could be a bearding relationship. And like, I really subscribed to that interpretation of Cowboy Like Me for a while. Now I'm like more interested in not more not more interested but like I've expanded it to like kind of thinking about different things Cowboy Like Me could be about but the Hmm. bearding things for both of them work so well when we're thinking of them as parallels because how Invisible String is is kind of set up it's like isn't it just so pretty to think that we were brought together by fate by this invisible string when it's really just an invisible contract Mm -hmm. isn't it just so pretty to think that that's how things went along like very sarcastic and then it reminds me too of um cruel summer she says uh devils roll the dice and then miss americana and the heartbreak prince she says the whole school's rolling fake dice which is like another callback to kind of fate and like fake fate and faking faded yes, things happening. Yes, yeah. So like these these devils in the background are rolling fake dice pretending that this was fate that me and my bearding partner met and it wasn't ever fate. It was an invisible contract, an invisible string. And this is the story of how it all happened in Cowboy Like Me. The tennis court I, was covered up. We were there. I love that. I mean, I think that the reason why why I would want to interpret Cowboy Like Me to not be about a bearding relationship and have it be just about like two cowgirls like outlaws falling in love yeah it's just, that's fun yeah like, it is more fun it's like the no body no crime like your interpretation of them like running mm-hmm. off together really being alive it's like do i think that's what quote unquote what the song is about like no how like cowgirls like yay yeah. Like, picture them together. So fun. Yeah. Like, it takes one to know one. Like, yeah, like your boots yeah. beneath my bed. Yeah. Forever is the sweetest con. Like, we'll be I also see people. it that way. Yeah. 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 I you also totally to. see it that way of you like to. these two gay women and they're just like, dancing's a dangerous game, honey. <laughs> and then they're just like taking on the world together, being cowboys because they like that better. You know, like, yeah. I love I love this song in every aspect like it's truly it's so rich it's so rich yes me too the background vocals done by Mr. Marcus Mumphrey just fantastic 
Yeah, shout out to Ghostly Scene Goods, who is supplying mm. the shirt Madison is wearing right now. Yeah. Her cowboy like me shirt. Ghostly Scene Goods on Etsy is so amazing. So Such amazing. a good shirt. Yes. It's like it, it's like the best fun and gay and queer and sapphic and just it's so fun. And it's so like sweet, but also bittersweet. And it's so bittersweet. That's the thing. Like, this Mm -hmm. is where I love to live. That's Mm -hmm. like, it's so funny because happiness, the song happiness has all those elements. It's just not put together in the right way for me. Yeah. But like (laughs) cowboy like me is like, oh, it's just so Sagittarius. Yeah. What is a centaur but a cowboy, you know? Yeah. Really, though. Really, though. I love her, like, playing with the idea of, like, hating rich people and, like, playing people that are rich in order to make it ahead. Just like like, nobody, no crime. Perched in the dark, telling all the rich folks anything they want to hear just to get by because, you know, and finally finding someone that does the same thing as you just like bullshits their way through life. I want to hear a cowboy like me and I'll bet you think about me mashup. Yeah. Like a working class, like cowgirl song. Yeah. You know who's paying for those kitchen table bills? They are. The rich Only folks. Only if they pay for it. The rich yeah. folks. Yeah. Yeah. I love her her working class cowgirl cosplay I really do (laughs) I love the line perched in the dark because it calls Mm. back to her birdcage references which are so gay it's very like yeah I'm perched in my little cage telling them what they need to hear Mm. so that I can just live in peace I love skeletons in both our closets that's really good she really knows how to sneak in closet references she sure does even in marjorie yeah exactly even in marjorie i was like whoa like she loves talking about closets i know i was like was marjorie gay anyway we will get there um we'll get there (laughs) um she uses the ladies lunching which later on was a chapter forevermore which is really interesting yes i find that chapter to be one of the like biggest enigmas Mm-hmm. Like, I really, why are the songs on that chapter that are on that chapter? I still have it pulled up on my computer because I was looking at it last night and I was like, what was even on that chapter? Yeah. And it's so weird. It's Betty, Dorothea, Marjorie, August, Nobody, No Crime, and Right Where You Left Me. The idea was she'll put all of the songs named after women on the list. Mm-hmm. So that's the first part. Then you have Nobody, No Crime, and that's like, oh, because they go to Olive Garden, their ladies lunching. I mean, and then, like, right where you left me, it's like, well, she's still at the restaurant from when they were And doesn't that imply that the restaurant that she was left at, she was lunching with the lady? Yes. She met someone? Exactly. Yes, it does imply that. And Nobody No Crime is starting to sound a little bit more gay to me because I'm like, why is it on that playlist if not to be like, nobody saw the bodies that I've had sex with, so there's no crime. But here's my ladies lunching chapter. Oh my god, I love that. Oh, I love that. Good thing I have these alibis. Good thing my dad taught me how to hide my relationships. Good thing 
Esty's sister is gonna swear that I was with her, my other famous friend that will cover for me, and we can fake an outing. Like, oh my god, bitch, I am obsessed with this. I cannot believe. Why is it on that playlist if not that? You are so if right. one of the bodies isn't a lady. If there's if no one of the lady bodies body, isn't a lady, then there's no crime. <laughs> <laughs> well, and also the the like a euphemism of a body count how people yes. use the term body count to mean people yeah. they've slept with so it's like no body if you never see it it never happened holy shit i'm obsessed with that reading now the bridge is hitting different like good thing good thing i have all these ways to get around this good thing i'm equipped with the skills i need to hide this body yeah okay obsessed. well that's great and isn't great it revelation. funny that cowboy like me wasn't even on the playlist even though it's called the yeah. ladies lunching huh. Even though it has that lyric, yeah. Yeah. For me, that almost is like, oh, that's because it is, it is about, about Joe. It yeah. is about bearding. I mean, they did meet at the Met Gala, quote unquote, met at the Met Gala, which is hailed in like these weird tent like things. And it was at the Met Gala that Taylor was on the board for with Anna Wintour. So a lot of orchestrating going on there. Um, of course, Gardens of Babylon, um, he hangs from her lips in a way that is mythological and not seen by anyone. Yeah, we're not even sure that it's real. Because that doesn't actually happen and the Gardens of Babylon is a mythical. Um, another thing I love is Boots Beneath My Bed is a reference to the Shania Twain song, mm-hmm. Whose Bed Have Your Boots Been Under? And the yeah. song is about, it's about cheating. It's like her singing to a man saying, hey, I heard you slept with Rita and I heard you slept with this other girl. Who else's boots have your bed been, or who else's bed have your boots been under? But it's a really fun, playful song that's like, yeah, yeah, you're getting yours. And then in the music video, she's like, I'm getting mine and we're doing little fun things behind each other's back and I get to do it too, which is also makes sense with bearding like yeah like we're in this like partnership quote unquote but we're doing our own thing as long as people see your booths beneath my bed like Mm -hmm. as long as they're it looks like we're together we don't actually have to be together and the question in Shania Twain's song is who else's boots yeah exactly or where else have your boots been like it's like they're under my bed but they're also under everyone else's so yeah 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 yeah. that's the truth and also ending um, I'm never going to love again. Mm-hmm. I'll never fall in love again. Like, that's devastating. Mm-hmm. Like, that's not, it seems so romantic on the first hit. And then it's like, and then again, wait. she says it again. And it's, yeah. Hard. Yeah. And it's like, I don't mean I'm never going to find another love again. She's mm-hmm. saying she's never going to have the capacity to love again. Like, it's so interesting because she it does sound kind of positive at first. I'm never going to love again. And then it waits a minute. And then she goes, I'm never going to love again. Like the sinking realization. Yes. And Forever is the Sweetest Con is one of her most beautiful lyrics. How can mm. you get so many points and so many, so many meanings in that one line? How do you manage to fit all of that into just those few words forever is the sweetest con that could go a million ways and i love that line ghostly scene goods on etsy has a beautiful sweatshirt that i have that says forever is the sweetest con and it's one of my fucking favorite pieces of clothing it's so like that lyric is why it's number two on my ranking i don't know if you said where it is on yours i didn't mine is actually number six so 
yeah i think it's just because it's kind of like i don't know six to me is still like really high yeah Yeah. it's just i think it's because it's kind of a slower song like so it's like not the kind of like headspace i'm in or was it when i wrote this even yeah this is one Um, that i find myself going through phases of listening to on repeat when i'm it ends up on repeat and i want to listen to it again and again and again because it's just so good i will say the first time i heard this song inspired me to make a sagittarius playlist um because i was like this is an ultimate sagittarius song and i was like you know with the archer and peace also being ultimate Mm -hmm. sagittarius songs for me i was like i have to make a yes thank you peace totally is yeah yeah to Mm -hmm. me i'm like the archer and peace are like one song like a continuation yes yes so fucking true and then cowboy Um, like me is such a different side of a sag like of a sag that like we ever really see yeah Or, or not even that we ever really see but like the archer and peace are different aspects of being a sag it's like the results of what happens by being a cowboy exactly and then cowboy like me it's like okay how did we get there yeah yeah Yeah. this is how we got to the archer and peace beautiful amazing song (laughs) would literally play that like at my funeral like i can't it's such a good song um long story short okay whatever long story short fine like sure a forever and ever more yeah whatever evermore yeah got it rabbit hole Um, (laughs) yeah rabbit hole long story short it was the wrong guy yeah 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 yeah. i mean yeah it's uh 10 on mine oh it's 10 on mine too but it's like i feel like when we made this list we're in a different headspace because right now we're kind of both like whatever about this song i think when i think about this song i hate it but then it comes on and i'm like now this is a bop yeah yeah Yeah. Yeah. i always always remember how good it is i think and it's the same with gold rush i like don't like it when i think about it and then i hear it and i'm like this is such a good song yeah yeah i think i finally internalized that about gold rush which is why it was third on my list Mm -hmm. long story short i still have like gripes with whereas gold rush it's like every line is like addictive but i Uh agree that it's the same kind of like a great bop you know yeah so like i think of them in the same way in that way um but long story short it's like it just really bothers me there's something about it that feels very insincere like candy coated yeah i that makes me uncomfortable I think that's almost the point, though, because it is yeah. called Long Story Short. You're not hearing oh, totally. the whole story. You're hearing the little candy-coated parts that I'm choosing to sing about. Definitely. And I think that, yeah. you know, on Lover, she does that a lot. Oh, um, yeah. There's like a that's few why I don't songs. like Lover. That's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. It's because there's so much glibness on Lover mm-hmm. that, like, it's hard to like it's the point of it like it, mm-hmm. just because it's the point of it doesn't, doesn't mean it's good <laughs> yeah it's like doesn't mean i want to listen to it i like Lover I... as a case study <laughs> you said it seriously i i mean yeah. that's the thing it's like i do i think they're good songs yeah i do i think they're great songs like do i want to listen to them no 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 no, i don't and that's how i feel about london boy i feel about paper rings like Mm -hmm. that's how i feel about long story short like they're very glib and they feel 
uh, weird to listen to. And I'm very stuck on, I was in the alley surrounded on all sides and you passed right by. So like, here's here's what's so interesting. This is one of those songs where she uses you and he as two separate things. Uh-huh. You pass right by, but then in the later on in the song, she says, he's passing by, rare as the glimmer of a comet in the sky. Now, comet he... is another polyamorous phrase, word. Oh. A comet is a very popular word in polyamory. I've used this word before. So when I heard this song, I was like, what? A comet is, I looked up the official definition to read it. A comet okay. is an occasional lover who passes through one's life semi-regularly, but without expectation of continuity or continuity or a romantic relationship. So a comet to me would be like someone that I see when they're back in town every now and then, and maybe we hook up, maybe we don't, but like, it's never really a continued romantic commitment in any way. It's just kind of, they're a comet. They come by every now and then. So Dorothea is August's comet. Yeah. And in this story, maybe Joe would be Taylor's comet in the sense that they're partners when they have to be and when he comes around and when they have to do their partner stuff. But other than that, it's not romantic. Wow, that is so interesting. I love the idea that Taylor is more experienced in polyamory and like really is in a polyamorous like community where she would like have access to these terms and like the community aspect of it that's why I feel like if she's bearding yeah and if she's doing it correctly with the right boundaries with Joe or whoever else is involved then she would kind of have to do some polyamorous research honestly like non-monogamy yeah and comet is one of those really popular phrases so when I heard this it was so interesting to me because I was like not only did she say comet she used it in a sense that makes sense with the song yeah of like now I'm all about you I'm all about you and he's passing by like a comet he comes by every now and then but I'm all about you so I completely agree with that interpretation of it but what really bothers me is the you in the beginning passing right by passed right by when she was in an alley surrounded on all sides like who and then she still went back to them yeah threw her sword in the bushes and knocked on their door even though they passed right by like what I just want to know what is going on yeah I like long story short I think it's a fun little tune me too okay what is the next song miss marjorie okay so you did not rank marjorie i didn't rank marjorie yeah should we not rank marjorie i mean i guess you could say where it's at on your rank. i don't think it's that big of a deal i just didn't even like know because it's not a song that i listen to it's a skip every single time unless i am listening to it to mourn specifically Mm. yeah i thought i rated marjorie really high um i rated i rated it at i think 10 or 11 mm-hmm. uh, 11 I ranked it at 11 I guess that's not high because it was after long story short but um I really I really agree that like it's hard to listen to when I don't want to mourn and when I'm not like in yeah. that space but the bridge is like heavenly transporting mm-hmm. it's an extremely the transporting song mm-hmm. yeah. oh yes it's heavenly it's really heavenly she really captured an angelicness to it like even having Marjorie's voice in the background during the mm-hmm. and if if yeah if I didn't know better you're singing with me now and then you really hear her singing like that's a very seraphim angelic holy song mm-hmm. and 
that's really amazing that Taylor was able to create that. But it's like, it's definitely not a I'm singing along in the car type of song all the time. No, not unless I'm like leaving therapy and crying. Yeah. Something interesting, it does parallel Epiphany, which she said is about her grandfather and his Mm -hmm. time in the war. So, you know, she consciously made the choice for them both to be her number, her 13 and kind of her generational odes, I guess. Yeah, her grandparents. 13 are typically her family songs. What I really like about this song is when she says, if I didn't know better. I love that she says that and how she's like, I think you were still around. I would think you were singing to me and you were talking to me and you were guiding me through life still if I didn't know better. It's like this internal battle of like your rational brain being like, no, they're dead. But then your intuition and your spirit being like, no, they're still around though everyone feels that at some point when you lose someone even if you're someone who's not religious and like you're someone who completely doesn't subscribe to people existing or their souls or their energy existing past their death like their physical death you still have that like tinge everyone does of like but you're still around yeah I know better because I rationally I know there's no proof of that other than how I feel and that is the most cancer Scorpio thing Mm. of hers and her cancer moon being in the eighth house of death and like dark things like that like she really is just constantly channeling yeah I really appreciate the song I think everyone has their own little associations to this song and it's just a really good representation of like mourning and how even after all these years she still feels her grandmother around and replaying all those memories being transported to when she was alive and all the things they did together and how she still remembers every single little thing and the line closets of backlog dreams did send me down a rabbit hole trying to find out if marjorie was gay um there's nothing online about that i think Mm. i just heard closets and ran to google um (laughs) (laughs) i do like the idea of taylor being like all the things my grandma maybe wasn't able to do i can do now yeah yeah her hidden desires the things she left in the back of her closet just a beautiful metaphor i think that's everything i have to say about marjorie okay track 14 closure what a song closure in all of its pots and pans and yes so that's an aaron Dessner track right it has glitchiness oh yes yes yeah that felt so at home on like boney Vare's like i i album or like 22 a million yeah yes like the weird like yes yes so i like closure i do too because i like music like that yeah um i like chaos like the more when i'm like having a panic attack or Mm. feeling paralyzed with anxiety glitchy music is like the only thing that will speak to me it's kind of the rate that your brain moves at in those moments it really is it's like deeply soothing um and so yeah i ranked closure as a nine where did you put closure? Closure is number 11 for me. Under okay, long so not- story short and above Willow. <laughs> okay. Interestingly enough. Yeah. It parallels yeah. Betty. That's funny. That's funny. That's like uh, thinking of Betty responding to James that way. Like James right. is like, I wonder how Betty will respond. Will she kiss me? Like what will happen? And Betty's yeah. like, leave me alone. <laughs> Yes, I heard your stupid song and I yeah, hated it. Exactly. <laughs> um, yes, I got your stupid song. Yes, I'm doing much better with my stupid friends. Like, yeah, 
I, I the thing about closure that's so good for how awkward it is just screaming don't treat me like some situation that needs to be handled yes uh, uh, so good I love how like inconsistent it is because it really is just like when you want to respond in the moment to like someone sending you a letter trying to get quote-unquote closure that is yeah. how you feel you're like I don't even know what I want to say but I hate you like yeah <laughs> such a um instinctual response this song such a like like fight or flight like in the moment and you're like i'm ready to fight like i'm not you know and it also includes the lyric um i'm fine with my spite and my tears and my beers and my candles which we kind of base sort of like the archer's graphic podcast cover off of yeah 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 yeah. like Madison said that to me once when we were like talking about everything we want from the podcast and how like Taylor herself is very witchy and Madison said like when I hear tears beers and candles I'm like that's Taylor's altar and I was Mm -hmm. like I love picturing Taylor's altar like what would be on Taylor's altar so I created the graphic that has all of the little symbols on it. Yeah, like that's what we base it on because it's like, what a good example of like three things that are crucial to Taylor, like, mm-hmm. and her like identity, like 1989 era around that, like tears, like always crying, heartbreak girl, mm-hmm. heartbreak prince, if you will. Right. Beers, drinking beers out of plastic cups the Mm -hmm. all the photos of her like just drinking and general drunk taylor you can make me a drink she's yeah yeah and then candles like one of the things that taylor was known for at that point during the secret sessions was like her signature scent Mm -hmm. and like this idea that like taylor's favorite candle like now you can smell like what taylor's candle yeah smells like like what she does and so it's just like these iconic images these iconic symbols from her life and it does remind me so much of an altar i can't believe i said that because when you reminded me that i said that i was like oh i said that like i didn't really remember (laughs) so it's so interesting because now i'm rethinking about it and i'm like yeah it is because it's like it's almost like she's cursing someone like she's like i'm gonna go cry at my altar and i'm gonna leave all my spite and my beer cans and i'm gonna leave them all there light the candles and leave it there and that's mm-hmm. what you that's what that's the energy i'm sending you my empty Definitely. beer cans my spite and my tears yeah. and i'm lighting the candle to manifest that you get that message right back to your little letter i love witchy um, taylor me too i hope she really is a witch like and does little things like that and has an altar I think she definitely does another thing that's so interesting is on genius lyrics um friends staying friends would iron it out so nice and closure are not in quotation marks but in the album booklets they are staying quote-unquote friends would iron it out so nice and I don't need your closure I don't need your closure yeah oh my god so definitely about we're not actually like I know you've you want to say we're friends but we're not friends we and we never were we never this were. was never a friendship because you were never mine yeah so so you do think that this is like a romantic song I do I think that like a it's breakup. a romantic song breakup yeah and if yeah. we think of it as like Betty writing back to James and being like mm. we were never just friends you know like that's so why you right. got so jealous about me dancing with the other boy because we were never just friends yeah so staying yeah. quote unquote friends would iron this out so nice, but 
that's not the case and it never was jane yeah that's not what's going to happen yeah um i really like closure though it does sound like a big red machine um Mm -hmm. project yeah and we love big red machines though so 15 now the title track evermore so the original ending to the album Mm -hmm. not including the bonus so this is like the true ending yeah which Um, parallels peace it's parallel's piece, right? Because there's less songs on the official album and they just equal 17. Wow. Okay. Because folklore actually ends on hoax. Exactly. And then it goes to lakes. This yeah, one ends on everything. There's only yeah. right. Um, so it's 17 altogether, but oh my god, mm-hmm. because I always, always thought in my head, emotionally, evermore echoes hoax. Yeah. But it doesn't. It echoes it peace. Doesn't uh-huh oh wow i can't wait till we get to right where you left me in hoax because that's gonna mm-hmm. be extremely fun to think about yeah um but yeah so evermore i rank is number five i love this song um it's it also my number chills. five really i love that we yeah. ranked it so high i feel like it's really slept on it is yeah it's like a very underrated i typically love albums where there's not a title song i mm. love like how reputation there's no song called that it's just like a, mm-hmm. a word from a song folklore too um, yeah folklore too exactly mm-hmm. so i never really used to liking the title song of an right. album but i love that she called this evermore and i completely it agree it, it feels so special that the album mm-hmm. is named evermore when this is the song like what is this song if not the beginning of it being the beginning of it but then throughout the whole song it's almost like the rest of the album happening yes like she starts out being like i'm in this cabin i'm so sad this pain is gonna last forever this grief is gonna last forever i'm just gonna keep going with the cycle of grief and all these stages of being angry and like trying to accept that there's happiness after you and like still not being able to but finally by the end of the song she realizes this pain won't be forevermore so it's it's like such a beautiful conclusion more than that the final lines of i swear you were there yeah i dreamed of you it was real enough to get me through i swear you were there like i there's so much like angelic heavenly choir imagery in this album especially in this like final third and Mm -hmm. that whole scene where like her and justin vernon are like you know layered on top of each other and they seem so far away and it's like you're really picturing taylor in like a shipwreck like being tossed yeah. on the oceans just being like i swear you were there it's like she has faith still i, I feel like this song is really so peaceful and really embodies peace so it makes perfect intuitive sense that it would be the echo of peace mm-hmm. on folklore and it goes through the process yeah it goes goes yeah. through the pos- process of what it takes to find peace exactly like oof. and i love the that you mentioned and the, the time i like i love that you mentioned i dreamed of you mm-hmm. like i swear you were there because it reminds me of gold rush it was a callback to gold rush i can't dare to dream about you anymore the sinking ships too and being and the way that gold water. rush is a daydream but it's not but it's not because she's like, no, I swear that hap- you were there. Like That really echoes all too well 10-minute version. I was there. It was rare. You remember it. I remember mm-hmm. it. Taylor's like really creating some of the most raw, mm-hmm. real 
art right now she's really getting at the core of like grief and like relationship and the like pain of being human and she's getting it from all perspectives exactly she's really like crafting worlds and narratives and she's crafting folklore like how can i take this feeling that i have and look at it from over here from this angle and then also look at it from this angle and then also from this angle and also from this person's perspective of my pain or also from my older self's perspective like she just she does such a great job at taking a feeling just a single feeling and making it into all of these different songs. Not even the scenarios in her life. The feeling she has about the scenarios happening in her life. Like, yeah. Something that's so interesting to me, too, is a lot of people say Evermore is kind of based in how she was feeling in 2019. And just, like, how she says, I've been down since July. Motion capture put me in a bad light. People say it's about cats and, like, the very negative reaction that the public had to that movie. It seems to too recent for it to be about that November. Yeah. I think it was about 2020. And I think that the motion capture that put her in a bad light was Long Pond Studio section studio sessions. Mm. And she rewinds the tape and all it does is pause at the very moment that she had to lie about what she wrote the song about, how the song came about. Yeah, I, I'm really glad that like you feel like that it connects to that moment because I just really saw it as overarching of how she is in the media, you know, like just really in general, just in, just in general. The motion capture of her in general. Yeah. Yeah. Like she literally cannot move without like, being in she, a bad light without being in a bad light like there's no way for taylor to be yeah. in the public light to be in motion capture without having it look bad for her out feeling just so isolated like she needed to be in the middle of nowhere in a cabin in order to escape from like the bad light because it was everywhere i think that bon iver's part in this song or bon iver um been a fan of this man for as long as i can remember and still don't know how to say his name um <laughs> i think his parts is him singing Taylor's anxieties. Can't not think of all the costs, all the things that would be lost. Yes. Can we just get a pause? Can we just, can we just, I, I'm not sure I'm tall enough to do this. I'm not sure I'm brave enough to do this. Can we just, can we just pause and not do this? And it mm -hmm. could be from the perspective of someone else too, but I see it very much as like the way that he comes in so abruptly. I know a lot of people don't like this song because of it feels like a jump scare when Bon Iver starts singing. Oh, um, interesting. Okay. I've seen a lot of people say they don't like this song because of Bon Iver's wow. part. When I'm that's so glad. my favorite part. I me too. Well, I mean, that's the thing. I love Bon Iver. Him. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I, I really do. But I think he comes in kind of abruptly for a reason. Like it just picks up all of a sudden and the, the pace is faster. And he's like, can't not think about the cost of the thing. And then they're singing over each other, kind of arguing back and forth of like this internal debate. And then it comes down to you were there. No matter how much I battle with myself about how it went down, it happened and you were there for it. In the cracks of light, I dreamed of you gave me renegade vibes. Think I of like closed flying. That's why I think that renegade is from the perspective of someone else talking to Taylor. Taylor, talking to Taylor, because renegade is just judgmental in a way that she really reserves for herself even though she hasn't had many apology songs she also rarely has like mean scathing songs true yeah yeah so i think that also the reason i think renegade is in that perspective because evermore feels like it's 100 from taylor's perspective it feels like mm -hmm. it's really summarizing the album that we just heard and why it's mm -hmm. all over the place yeah and so then here renegade i'm like oh this is the person that was like 
you don't need just cracks of light we can open the blinds we Mm -hmm. can actually flood this cabin with light like you don't Mm -hmm. need to be wallowing like this something about just like that visual of the blinds being closed and the little cracks of light yeah and in those cracks of light she dreams of either this version of herself that she can't be or hasn't reached yet or about another person she's dreaming of this possibility just in the cracks of light and then in renegade the other person's like just open it let us see your face like what are you talking about i also think now that we're on renegade the whole let me see your face is so interesting considering all of her album covers don't show her whole face Mm. not a single one does except for the renegade album cover it's her facing forward straight on but then it's cut off halfway and there's a bunch of glitches yeah (laughs) and the colors on that renegade album cover are so interesting it's like very clearly the transgender flag actually right it's not even the bi flag with that pink and blue those shades it's like yeah and then it's like kind of really red i'm like red tv easter egg like i don't know that album cover artwork is so intriguing to me let me see your face and she still doesn't even show it on the fucking album cover she still doesn't evermore is a fantastic song it's it's like post happiness it's like once she's done standing at the intersection of happiness and she's finally reached her destination of like acceptance i know it it really feels like the conclusion song like Mm -hmm. the next two songs feel like bonus tracks and like couplets Mm -hmm. basically like a couplet like as opposed to a part of it it, they really feel like they're part of their own thing at the end of it so that we can and like equaling both of them to be 31 songs you know It's almost like these two songs didn't quite go with like the grief theme for some reason. Yeah. yeah. These two are more like, it's not over yet. Whereas Mm. all of Evermore is more like, no, it's over and I'm feeling it. It's fucking over and it hurts, you know? Whereas these two are still like living in a fantasy, the girl in delusion. Well, the first one is living in a fantasy. And then the second one is it's time to go it's like it's time for me to be done here it's a complete contradiction of each other yeah which is why like I just have to take them on their own yeah from the rest of the album because I'm like totally. okay but these are two opposites um what do you think about right where you left me mirroring we're on 16 by the way right where you left me <laughs> um it's number three on my ranking I know I love that so oh my god no why is it that you keep loving songs that I like don't like but it hasn't happened opposite uh where did I put right where left me it's 13 a very Hmm. special number to be on the ranking um no of course I like right where you left me it's uh fun I think the only thing is um that line help I'm still (laughs) with the rest you don't like it it's a little much for me okay I get that it is a little much it's a little music Callie. Yes, exactly. It's a little like she's on Broadway. She's on stage. Help. Uh, <laughs> like, like the scene yeah. is happening. Yeah, it is a little yeah. theatrical. But what do you but... think about it being paired with hoax? Oh, well, they're the same exact song as far as mm-hmm. I'm concerned. Hoax is one of my fave, 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 fave Taylor songs. Like, so intriguing. What? I'm so that I love hoax that. so much. I know. I think I don't think I have chosen to listen to hoax all the way through like just picked it clicked it myself in like months like months sometimes and months. sometimes I listen to hoax on repeat wow just hoax maybe I need oh. to revisit her 
I think you should. She is an enigma and uh, she, I love her. Yeah. Especially so, with this context, with this song. It's so interesting. I want to hear your thoughts because it doesn't seem I, that obvious to me. To me, it is, ob- it, it's the same because it's literally like right where you left me. So someone tells you like, we're not together anymore. I'm breaking up with you. I'm going to go marry someone else. You're like, okay, I'm not mad at that person for not loving me anymore. Like that, that is the farthest thing from my mind. I'm actually unable to function anymore. And I'm going mm-hmm. to be sitting here for the rest of time. The, the moment you come back to me, the moment you come back to me, I will awaken again and we can be together. I, like I will never move on. I am here forever. Mm. And hoax is literally like, yeah, you really, you really fucked me up. You hurt me so hard. Uh, you gave, I gave you everything and you betrayed me and everyone is mm. saying you never loved me. But guess what? Your faithless love is the only hoax I believe in. I know you loved me. I know that you loved me yeah. and I'm going to be here. I'm always going to believe in your love, even if it's and a false And I'll hold God. on to that. I'll hold on to it. I'm never letting it go. I'm right where you Oof. left me. That just made me so sick. <laughs> Sorry. I'm just like, ooh. Well, that's why you haven't listened to Hoax in so long. Because Yeah. It, like, that's where I, I thrive in those kinds of emotions. And mm. yeah, so I, I, over the two, two, I definitely choose Hoax over right where yeah. you left me. Um, but I do see them as sisters. Yeah. That makes so much sense now that you explained that. They're both kind of like the moment when someone says, like my smoking gun, like they they took the yes. shot and they're both smoking guns, these songs. Yes. Yeah. It's just the aftermath and like everything stopped. Whoa, yeah. That's not that that just gave right where you left me some more meaning for me too. Interesting. Mm. So tell me about like why you love it so much. I know that this is like your song. Like I oh really think of this as like your song on I feel like this could have been number more. one on my on yeah. my ranking if I took this test and on a different day. It would yeah, be one, yeah. You know? It's so catchy. That's what gets me coming back to it every time. It's just so damn catchy. Like mm. I stayed there and it just like keeps going. It just keeps going. I'm still yeah. there. I'm still there. If you think you got it wrong, I'm still there. Um <laughs> <laughs> I also the imagery of it is amazing I think it's some of her best songwriting everyone sees the same image when they listen to this song That's you know true. yeah a dusty booth in a like old Italian restaurant yeah yeah a glass of red wine like yep. it's not white it's red you could yeah. ask anyone to listen to she doesn't even talk about wine I don't think in this song but you could ask anyone what color is the wine that you see during the song and it's red yeah like yeah I think it's such a red song like I really see red like red and brown is all I picture in my head it is yeah and I don't know if I have what is it called synthesia oh sin uh synesthesia synesthesia Synesthesia, yeah yeah but I know you mentioned blue for for another song uh for happiness actually happiness yeah yeah the song is red yeah it's red and brown it's like wood red and brown it's warm and smoky yeah it's like an old restaurant that has like wood paneling and like dusty picture frames I also just love that it references like a hairpin dropping that's like oh so good gay reference um yes dropping hairpins oh I just love that and then Stonewall was the hairpin drop heard around the world yeah 
Yeah. Mm. And Taylor, I love that Taylor performed at Stonewall. So she really does have a connection to Stonewall. Mm-hmm. Um, in that, I love the glass shattering because it could mean Taylor just like dropping her glass. It could also be read as yeah. like a Jewish wedding tradition where they yeah. where they shatter glass on under white cloth as like after the ceremony as like a celebration. And I love how real that is to her life and how kind of she just was really loud with that one. Like she was like, the glass shattered on the white cloth and you all fucking moved on without me and i'm saying that on a bonus track because if i put it on the real album i might get in trouble (laughs) yeah exactly i love how she says everybody moved on like she's just like it's the most cancer moon thing ever like i'm just living in this Mm. nostalgia because it's keeping me alive oh i love that Oh, I always um, love to hear your cancer moon like perspectives because I feel like yeah. if I was able to speak to someone with a Virgo moons, like yeah. their motivations, I would like always get it right because yeah. like there's just something about like our moon truly tells us our motivation. Yes. And yeah. that's why sometimes when I listen to Taylor's songs, I like, I'm like, oh girl, I feel what you were feeling when you sang that in the booth, like just a little yeah. much. I love the part where she says, I cause no harm. I mind my business. Mm. Like I do all of these things and I still have yet to accept that this happened. It, of course, it's like, I'm not outing you. I'm not outing any of the women that I've been with. I'm minding my business. I'm not causing any harm, even though you harmed me to the point that I'm still stuck in mm. that moment. Um, I love when she says pages turn and stick to each other because it implies that we're missing a part of the story (gasps) and that everyone is missing whatever is stuck between those two pages. I love that she says wages earned, lessons learned. She, it's this like acceptance and reflection on her life and being like, I cared so much more about getting my money and I've learned the lesson that money isn't everything when it comes to like closeting and, you know, very Evelyn Hugo vibes of like, now that I look back, I cared more about money in my career than I cared about my life. I also love, I could feel the mascara run, implying that it wasn't only her mascara running, but possibly both of them. Exactly. You, you could have easily said, I could feel my mascara run. It actually probably might have sounded better that way. The mascara But she said, run. I could feel the mascara run Yeah. between the both of us, both of our mascaras. And finally, I think that this song is about staying in the closet. She's stuck she stayed there because she is causing no harm and she's minding her business. If only someone was able to come back to the restaurant and mm-hmm. help her out of the closet. Yeah. If help, you ever think I'm that you got it in wrong. The coat check. <laughs> I guess that's another thing I like about it is her just being like, I'm in pain and you you suck so much for causing me all this pain. But if you want to come back, I would take you back. Yeah. Don't want no I- other shade of blue but you. Mm. Your faithless love is the only hoax I believe in. That's how it really connects to hoax to me. Yeah. Exactly. I would still do it again anyway. I would still do it over and over again. Yeah. That's one of the songs that I think when I'm like 50 years old is going to be in my like when I'm reminiscing on Taylor Swift and all of her music. Right Where You Left Me is going to be in like the playlist that I play to like go back to the old days of Taylor Swift. Like it's Mm. really defining for me for her career. I can't wait until someday Taylor Swift is the oldies and we as old people Mm -hmm. get to listen to the oldies. Which brings us to... It's time. Number 17. Wow, number 17. It's time to go. And boy, is it time to go. And boy, it is time to go. <laughs> we are on our six, five, five or six here. Uh, yeah, we're on our six now. Yeah. 
And this song parallels the lakes, which it is time to go to the lakes, Taylor. It is time for you to run away. It is. Yes. That's why she's like, that's what the lakes is about. She's like, time for me to escape to a lake and let flowers grow over my body as I do not move. She's like, I'm going to go to the lakes, just like all the other poets. Yeah. Like the lucky ones. Like the lucky ones that buy a bunch of land uh-huh. and disappear. I'm going to do that. And it is time for me to It do is that. time to go. So you rank this song pretty low. Yeah, this is my um, last song in my oh, ranking. My God, Madison. Under Champagne Problems. <laughs> that is really wild. So yeah, mine is number 12. So it's just one above right where you left me and below Marjorie. Wow. Uh, so I do like this song. I do. Yeah. I really like It's Time to Go. He's got my past frozen behind glass, but I've got me. Katie, the fact that you just said that, it's the only note I wrote under the song is he's got my past frozen behind glass. That's it. It gives me chills every time I hear it. It is such a good fucking line. It's so it it talk about cutting straight to the bone. Like, yeah, it's so good. And it's so Maleficent. Have you seen the movie Maleficent? No, I haven't actually. Right. So Angelina Jolie plays Maleficent from um, right the sleeping beauty movie if you want to truly get to lizzie's essence you should watch it because it's like her core movie oh um at one point like maleficent's wings are frozen behind glass and like the king is like wielding great power and control over maleficent's past with her wings Oh, wow. And it's like really crazy because like it, she really describes that verbatim in the song and using it as a metaphor for like the master's heist and like, yeah. you know, having all my past albums, but I've got me like it doesn't matter if you've got what these things I did. I'm still me. Oh, I love it. Mm-hmm. How she's always talked about. They don't know the meanings of all the songs that I wrote. They don't know what went into all that. They might have my past frozen behind glass, but I know what all of that means. <gasps> Yeah, yeah. I know what went into those wings being behind the glass. Like, yeah. Ooh, I think that's kind of why I don't love this song, just because it it does feel so personally Taylor. Like, I'm like, mm. these are literally Taylor like laying out exactly what happened in her life, and I'm just yeah. like, I can't relate to that, babes. I don't have yeah. anyone with my past frozen behind glass. It's a good song, and I do love that part. I love that part, and I do think this kind of makes me feel it. I, I fear saying this. I don't want to manifest anything, but I, mm. this song is what makes me feel like she is like done making music. Like I, I sometimes I feel like Evermore is just like her last album. Oh my gosh. Wow. I don't think that she would do that. She loves numbers so much more. Like, I do not think that she would stop at a nine. <laughs> at nine. Album. I, think- I don't know. Nine is the Sagittarius number. Wow. But doesn't that feel like the thing about Sagittarius numbers being nine is that we're never quite done. Like we yeah, always have true. more. That's why. Like yeah. that's why it's nine because it's like mm-hmm. almost, but never quite yeah. there. So like, I feel like she wouldn't end at nine. I feel like if she was going to end, she would probably end at 13 and then like wait a few years, like 20 years or so, and then do 13 more albums and then she'll die. <laughs> 
our hope. That's that's hope. Yeah. I I don't know if I can live like my later years in my life, like not expecting a release or anything. Um. So she's gonna need to figure out uh, how to keep us all satisfied. Yeah. Is what I'm getting at. Cause I I do get scared that it's time to go is paired with the lakes because she's like it's time for me to go from this career from this industry from the public eye it's time for me to go run away go to where the poets went to die and let the wisteria grow over my bare feet i think that that might be true but i don't think that that means she won't be making music and releasing it to people yeah i think what instead we're looking at is we're gonna have residency fades into obscurity taylor yeah like i think she's ready to become like no longer a hot girl like no longer like I think she's tired like she's done with that she doesn't need to be a a product like a celebrity she doesn't need to be a celebrity she doesn't need to play the game anymore she literally she won three Grammys three not way more than three Grammys but three albums of the year and Mm -hmm. she's done now she's ready to just release music because she fucking loves playing music and I think she would be out of the public eye completely now if she didn't have re-recordings to promo for. And she basically is out of the public eye now, just only pops up when she needs to do PR. Yeah. And I feel like this is probably what she promised her investors was that she would do the re-recordings and then say bye-bye. Time for mm-hmm. me to go be a lesbian in the woods. And with that, that the Evermore episode is over. Madison. It's time to go. It's time to go. Madison, it was so amazing breaking down every song on Evermore with you. It was great talking for six hours. Yeah. I really have learned like learned so much about these songs that I had never even considered before. Between you and I, like our brains just like collabing and like putting these pieces together. It really felt like a treasure hunt. Like it did. It this was so so fun. Like I can't believe we didn't understand that it would be this long if we went through every episode. I know every, every song. Um, but God, I'm kind of glad we didn't realize that because this was so amazing. It was truly a marathon. I hope that this opens up um more more theories. Like I hope our little oh, our little yeah. analyses kind of open up yeah. the Gaylor community or whoever like the archers listeners to to mm. think more like nuancy about these songs. Yeah, me too. That's what we want the most. Nuance. Really. What were we chanting? Nuance. What were we chanting earlier? Um, gay, gay and fidelity. Gay and fidelity. <laughs> <laughs> You know what we will do, though? We will post our Evermore ranking lists on Twitter for people to look at while they go yeah, through. To yeah. understand how different to our see lists it all. are. Yeah, we'll put that on our Twitter. Follow our Twitter. Link in description. Mm-hmm. Our next free episode is going to be Madison and I talking about our favorite Taylor songs. So Mm -hmm. we're each going to pick like five songs that we consider to be our favorite songs. And in honor of Valentine's Day being the Monday following our release. So this episode will drop on February 13th. Um, Mm -hmm. And in honor of it being around Valentine's Day, we're going to do like our lovey-dovey Why We Love Taylor. Yeah. It's like our our little love letter to Taylor. Speaking of love letters... The gay lore group that I host every month and Madison attends almost every month unless she's in the Grand Canyon. Unless I'm stuck in the Grand Canyon. (laughs) Madison and I will be recording all of you that join the gay lore group 
this February 13th, February's Gaylor Group, we will be recording you talking about why you love Taylor. So mm-hmm. essentially, we want as many people as possible to come to the Gaylor, the Gaylor Group, mm-hmm. tell us all about why you love Taylor, what it's like to be a queer person, a queer fan of Taylor, mm-hmm. what her music means to you, her as an artist. And we're going to edit them all together and do a little bonus Valentine's Love Letter to Taylor episode of The Archers. Yeah. So please join us and we'll have like a lovey-dovey Sunday sesh over that. When, whenever you have a link ready for signing up for um, the Gaylor group, I will put that in the description. Perfect. And yeah, so everyone has a couple weeks to sign up. And of course, yeah. if you don't want your your face or you don't want to say anything um, in the Gaylor group, you don't want to be recorded or anything. Katie's very good at making sure she has everyone's permission mm-hmm. um, before yeah. you know recording. And of course, this is going to be released publicly. So we'll make sure with everyone that you're okay with yeah. being recorded. The love letters will be published on Valentine's Day, like as a bonus yes. episode on Monday. So yes. we'll get our little love letter Sunday and then all of your love letters will be published on Monday. Yeah. We'll put the registration link right in the description here. We'll post it on Twitter and our Patreon, of course. And mm-hmm. that'll be happening on February 13th. So we hope to see you there. And yeah. If you're not a patron, feel free to join. Uh, Feel free to lurk around our Twitter page. We have a lot of followers that are patrons and become friends, become mutuals, and see Mm -hmm. if uh, they'll give you your the patron account if you want one. Yeah, and then you can you can listen to our bonus episodes. Um, I know I mentioned earlier, but just again, we did just do a Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo Mm -hmm. little episode for patreon which will be up um on patreon when this episode is uploaded to everything else and our next patreon episode for next sunday is going to be another archers after dark where me and katie gab and um get high and (laughs) (laughs) i talk about taylor um and Yeah. yeah Anything you want us to talk about, we'll talk about. And it's mm-hmm. very loose. It's very freeform. If you liked how loopy we were today, you're going to love Archers After Dark. Mm-hmm. Uh, $5 a month is mm-hmm. our Patreon. Thank you so much to our listeners. We love you so much. We love you. Thank you so much. I can't believe that we're in like the top charts for the music podcast. It's like actually fucking insane. Um, it's fucking insane. This is like the best job in the entire world. I can't believe we're doing yeah. this. Literally. Yeah. This is everything. Thank you guys. <laughs> we love Gaylers. We love Gaylers. Gay, Gay. infidelity. It's time Gay to infidelity. go. <laughs> it's time to go. <laughs> okay. Bye guys. Peace and love.